Yes, yes. Here we are. The first episode of Bonfire Session. I feel like it's been a while, man, in the making. What do you think? Yeah, but uh, hopefully it will have been worth the wait. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I'll just, I'll be real quick and say that if you haven't listened to the introductory episode, I think we're calling it episode 000. <laughs> I think that's how they do it. Uh, pa- hit pause right now and make sure that you go listen to that so you get a context of what we're talking about because we've been doing this shit for like four years we just haven't recorded it and now we're recording it so we want to make sure that this is the show for you (laughs) we we don't want you to get into some shit that you don't want to get into so uh so listen to that and then pop back over here and uh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna start uh talking about experience and direct experience, because that's the kind of shit that we think is probably the most important in life is our direct experiences. Like when we talk about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we talk about like how do we know what we know, what you know, how do we know what's true, what's not true? Too many fucking people, dude. <laughs> they don't they don't trust their experiences, and uh, so we wanted to start with that. But um, let's 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 make a mention of what we're drinking, man, because I think that's important. It's important to pe- give people the context of what we're drinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you turned me on to this one a couple of months ago. It's called uh, Cooper's Mark Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah, it's <clears throat> fucking good, dude, huh? Uh, of all the whiskeys, I would call it liquid candy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, right, you know, our producer, Ralph, turned me on to like the more smoky whiskeys. Oh, right. He first, like he came up here once uh, when my book From the Blood of Abel came out. He came up here and I th- he brought some whiskey. I think it was like Monkey Shoulder or something. I think it was that, <laughs> and it was like smoky as fuck, dude. <laughs> and and it kind of it kind of repulsed me at first. Kind of like uh, the IPA of whiskeys, right? Or yeah, 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 exactly. Like you drink that Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. IPA, and you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, what is this? But then something clicks, and it right. just becomes super refreshing. Right. Yeah. And now it's like this is almost not smoky enough for me, but it's good. It's small batch whiskey. I think it's from uh, Minnesota. Is it actually? Is it labeled as being smoky? I don't even know. Well, charcoal filtered, extra smooth, uniquely handcrafted from specially selected barrels for a superior smooth finish. No, it's not. And it's not even that smoky, but it, it, like, before I got into smoky whiskey, this would have been smoky. So now it's not. But I like that smoky shit. So that's Cooper's Mark. They're not a sponsor, but it kind of sounds like they are. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, let's, let's get into it, man. Let's get, let's talk about experiences. Alrighty then. Yeah. It's just, we kicked around the idea of like, what, what do we do the first episode on? And out of like, what, what kind of, uh, surmises the four years of our conversations? It was like, well, experiences. Right. I mean, we weren't preparing for our bonfires. We weren't reading books or like to, I was reading books. Well, it's like we weren't, we didn't start like a book club or anything like that. No, no. No, we just wanted to hang out. It was the experience of hanging out and we figured out that we have some pretty good conversations when we're... Yeah, I think so. I mean, it it led to a book and now it's leading to a podcast. It feels like it's the culmination of, at least the start of the culmination. I, I mean, you can't say it's the culmination because you don't, you don't know what the future holds, but... No, no. It feels like, like, like talking around around a, a, a fire, having some good whiskey, having some good food. It's just like why not why not make it a podcast? But um, you know, 
it's funny because when you think about experiences and direct experiences, like so many people, and you probably know what I'm talking about, so many people, they don't trust their experiences, especially in the religious world. So it's like you, you almost have like a set of beliefs before you even start to evaluate your experiences. And then those beliefs dictate how you experience something. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, it's like your grid for reality, I guess. Maybe right. that's how you'd put it. But, uh, then, but then we don't even question those grids. We don't see them as grids, right? So let's say you believe that God is, you know, just one example, like God doesn't like gay people or something. Like that'll be your grid that you approach every gay person you meet or every queer person you meet. And you would be less inclined to believe their experiences because it doesn't match up with your grid. Less inclined to believe that their love is as valuable or... Exactly. <clears throat> like, yeah. like that, like you would call their behavior sin, but you're not actually listening to them discuss their experiences. It's really bizarre. I mean, I get it, I guess. No, and you have to, you have to have been forced outside of your worldview or your grid to, to see how crazy that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you're, if you're in the water, if you're in the water all the time, you don't know that you're in the water. I mean, yeah, fish doesn't know it's a fish. Right. Or that, right. (laughs) Well, it reminds me of that. Um, my buddy, uh, he's a Hebrew scholar, actually. Um, Mark Stone, he uh, teaches up in um, Seattle, and I was having lunch with him one day, and he taught. He told me about, and I, I was surprised I hadn't heard of it yet. Like I think it's um, social contact hypothesis, and essentially what that is is like, you, like no amount. If you have a worldview, if you like, let's say you 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 hate Muslims, or let's say you hate Jews or something, like rational discussion and dialogue doesn't really change your mind like a uh you know a discourse in logic and why their <laughs> why their racism is illogical is sort of meaningless like for them to actually change their view they have to they have to meet a muslim befriend a muslim or a jew or they're they're you know if they hate atheists like their son tells them they're atheists or gay people it's like oh now i have a gay kid and then you have to reevaluate. And it doesn't, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, dude, the way, like, some gay people are treated once they come out of their parents and get kicked out and shit, that's horrible. It's not like a, it's not saying that, like, once you meet that person or befriend that person that you hate, you automatically love them. But it does take that in order for you to change your views. At least that, yeah. At least that, and, <clears throat> at minimum. And I don't know if it's like a... Yeah, I can't see somebody re- reading a book... You know, and all of a sudden having their opinions changed. Yeah, I just don't see that. Yeah. But but well, isn't, it, isn't mean, that what it took for you, though? Like, if you had, like, your beliefs or, like, on, like, uh, you, you said it on the, um, when you were our Heretic of the Week, like, you said something to the effect of, like, you needed your intellectual, you needed intellectual answers about universalism or hell in order to get past that. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But maybe it's different when it comes to, like, people and doctrines. I don't know. Well, I mean, no, because I felt like I was pretty well indoctrinated. Well, you you and I went to the same right place and grew up in the same, yeah. No, and there was a time when, you know, I didn't 
I didn't look into universalism because it was just like it was like a bad word or a, it, it was something that you shouldn't even entertain. So, but very dangerous. <laughs> it is, yeah. I obviously I, that was still a barrier for me to to overcome, and I, I think I just got tired out worrying about it, and then you know when right when my heart was softened up if you want to say that mm-hmm. um then the intellectual stuff seemed to n- maybe not make more sense but you were open to it i was i was willing to entertain it at this point yeah yeah well i think it's important like like our beliefs and our intellect and our worldviews are important i think what what you and i have said for so for so long i think and i think we pointed this out in our first book and we're definitely pointing it out in the one we're writing right now is that like direct experience trumps beliefs. Like it comes first. It's like (laughs) when we put beliefs before direct experience, it's like the cart before the horse. So we're not saying beliefs are bad per se, or that worldviews are bad or doctrines are bad or whatever. It's just that like we have to let our direct experience being present in the moment, um, actually being here now as Rob Bell might put it in order to then maybe form those beliefs right now if anything you know your your direct experience should be guiding your beliefs your beliefs shouldn't be changing how you directly experience things like right you should uh non-conceptually engage with the world and then form your concepts (laughs) sure sure I think someone, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they said you need to hold your beliefs loosely. Like, so if we have any beliefs, we're not, we're not clinging to them or grasping right. at them. I mean, that'd be very Buddhist, right? Non-grasping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but I think that's important. Like, it's even, even now, like, as certain as I talk, for instance, about what I believe, like, I'm not, for one, I'm not really certain about it, but for, like, I think you can be convicted while still being like, I could be full of shit, dude. <laughs> I don't, I could be way the fuck wrong. I don't think I am. Otherwise I wouldn't hold those beliefs, but well, I think at least, uh, at least your conscience is clear, right? Uh, It is that most of the time there's no, you don't have like internal, uh, cognitive dissonance or anything like, no, at least I don't No, I don't either. I think, um, when we interviewed on, on the heretic happy hour, when we interviewed Eric Rattan, he, I forget the exact phrase he used, but he's like, um, like consistently skeptical. So it's like, and and that's not exactly how he put it, but essentially it's like, if he believes something, this is how, this is how I interpreted it. If he believes something, it has to be applied like consistently across the board. Like if you have an ethic of love, he was talking about, like you have to apply that consistently across the board when it comes to this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue. And if it becomes inconsistent and you have like this cognitive dissonance and it fails in this area and this other area, like it's maybe it's not worth believing in. I don't maybe it's wrong. Maybe it sucks. (laughs) No, that's a good, uh, good litmus test. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. But it's funny because I want to read a quote because this is this. I think this like. (laughs) (laughs) exemplifies the world in which some people live in and i'm not gonna like i shit on christianity a lot i mean you and i know that like and you probably don't even call yourself a christian but i mean you i would i don't know 
<laughs> well, no, I don't have any. I don't have any problem with being called a Christian. Right. I mean, by the right people, I would be. <laughs> I would be honored. I guess. <laughs> sure. But the Christianity, like that, we're talking about often is like more the fundamentalist shit. Like the the stuff we can. Like the people who aren't really oh, thinking. Yeah. They're not. Um, they're not experiencing things. They're they're like, you know, they're living in fear or something. They're not actually yeah. living life. They're not. Uh, it's sad, kind of, but I mean, I felt like I got set behind like a decade in my uh, musical experiences. Honestly, oh, dude, at <laughs> least, at least, it's kind dude. of embarrassing. Yeah, um, I, I was kind of lucky. Were you like all worship all the time? Did you listen to Caleb? Yeah, Caleb and uh, that other Chico one. Yeah, uh, it was like the uh, cool Caleb. Was it one hundred four point nine? That wouldn't mean anything to anyone. No, it was. Yeah, and the other one was eighty-eight point. Everyone, Caleb has like ten different. I forget where I was. I was going to L.A. one time, and I was driving down, uh, driving down five down to L.A., and I was in the middle of like fucking butthole nowhere, (laughs) (laughs) and and Caleb had at least like five or six um, dials that you could like. I was just scanning through. I I listened to CDs. I think I listened to Lord of the Rings on the audiobook, (laughs) and then I kind of want to take a break, and I just want to see what was. Like on the radio, like different genres of Caleb, or yeah, uh, no, but yeah, I think I think some were the same songs. They were, it was like the same exact station. They just took oh, over. I'm sorry, I, I see what you're saying playing them simultaneously. Yeah, 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 but I think there was also like different Caleb's maybe that had I don't remember, but there was a lot of Caleb's, at least four, <laughs> and it was all and I could always tell because it was like the melody. It was always like in like a six eight timing. They all had the same melodies. Like I played that. Sh- I did worship. I mean, right forever dude i mean i know that shit like i could hear it the minute i hear it i'm like this is this is a christian song and i and i shudder yeah it, it, no, it, it's no thank you worthy dude yeah okay so you were set back a decade see i other than being like at worship practice i didn't listen to that shit like i actually listened to good music really no i listened to it on my own time believe oh, you, it or not oh you did i did and i liked it oh thank you for your honesty <laughs> You, oh, yeah. you liked it too. I'm embarrassed, but yeah. Uh, well, we all have our embarrassing moments in life. That's one of them. But I wasn't a music major like you, so I couldn't go back and say why it was crappy music. But it, I listened to it mainly probably out of fear because, yeah, I wasn't supposed to listen to that other stuff because of, God forbid, yeah. whatever would have happened. The, you know? the devil. <laughs> the devil would have happened <laughs> right. every Ultimately time. Ultimately hell, of course, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh anyway i think we got sidetracked but i had a quote so oh the, right, the right, quote right. i think like pretty much wraps up how people aren't experiencing and how our beliefs and our grids like prevent us from actually living life present. they deceive you perhaps Re- very deceptive so this is a quote this is a, i came across this on social media and then i looked up on the youtube video and this is a pastor, and this isn't in jest or tongue-in-cheek. Like, this is a real quote. <laughs> it's Pastor Peter LaRufa. Okay. I think LaRufa is how you say it. Awesome. So this is the quote, quote. If somewhere within the Bible I were to find a passage that said 2 plus 2 equals 5. <laughs> I think you know where this is going. Right. I, w- I wouldn't question what I'm reading in the Bible. I would believe it accept it as true, and then do my best to work it out and understand it. End quote. And again, he's not hes not embarrassed about saying that. He no, t- no, I watched the video a couple times. 
because I was I was uh, transcribing it as he said it. He was dead fucking serious, dude. <laughs> yeah, tragic, hilarious. Yep. It's it, yeah. It's 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 a couple things. It's a couple things because it's funny. I mean, it's a hilarious quote, dude. Two plus two equals five. I mean, so if so if it said it in the Bible, he'd be just like, well, yeah. At either at some point, two plus two equals five, or two plus two does equal five, because you're supposed to have faith. Yeah, and that's some sort of like, yeah, this is a, um, this is the litmus test of faith, like to basically believe what the Bible says, right. without actually thinking about it, or like living your experiences. Like I'm sure this dude went to school. And even if he went to a Christian school, I'm certain he didn't learn two plus two equals five. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if he had a doctorate in something. Oh, no, no this dude didn't. <laughs> he didn't have a fucking doctorate. All right. Maybe Doct- a doctorate bullshit, man. Maybe I a mean, master. <laughs> yeah, master of, of something, man. But it is it, it, but it is tragic, too. So it's funny, but it's tragic. Because so many people live like this. And they might not be explicit in that. I mean, they're not. most people aren't going to be like, I'm sure they don't think in those terms. But it but kind of. I mean, not so much of like a mathematical certainty, but they'll they'll believe some shit about God that or about people because of their interpretation of the Bible. Like they'll believe some right. shitty stuff about people. Sure. Like I guarantee the people that say <clears throat> main I think it's mainly Calvinists. The people that say that we're filthy rags don't actually believe it. I mean, a filthy rag is a dirty tampon. And do they really see that? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to shame. I'm not, I'm not shaming menstruation, but, but I don't, I don't want to be described in that way. And I, I don't think most women would want to be described in that way. Like it's a sanitary object. It's like, yeah, people have menstruations and it's natural, but I wouldn't describe myself as like, soiled toilet paper after i wipe my ass like that <laughs> i mean talking yeah. about human beings here i know i don't i don't know if i ever truly believe that i was in danger of going to hell i mean dirty tampon or For whatever. Being a dirty tampon right <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, you weren't that comfortable though no i wasn't comfortable and that's just uh, my psychology, and it's my dad's psychology, just how our minds work, that if there was this, it, the smallest chance that anything will go wrong, I'm just going to worry about it. I mean, because, I mean, it makes sense with hell, the, the consequences are pretty huge. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, you might as well believe in, you know, you might as well be a Christian. <laughs> yeah, it's almost that Pascal's wager thing, right? Yeah, for like, sure. Like, I mean. So, yeah, you might as well believe because the alternative is whatever. Like, you die and you're dead, and that's it. But if you get Christianity wrong, you're you're fucked, royally fucked. But you didn't, you didn't actually believe, you never believed you were going to hell? Not once? I don't know if I really felt like I ever deserved it. I mean, well, no one deserves it. Right, 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 right. I don't want to project. I'm not trying to project because I have a scared shitless dude. <laughs> and I just, it's been so long ago. I've been on the other side of the fence for so long. It's hard for me to remember exactly what was going on in my head. But the best I could put, put it was just uh, might as well believe. Yeah. Hmm. And there was a good reason to. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, if it tells true, there is a good reason to. But no, I think that's good though. I think that's a sign that you're living from your direct experiences though, that you're in the moment more. You're not living in the past. And it's not that you blocked it out, I don't think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you're not shoving that shit down to not remember. No, not at all. But you're not but you're 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 I'd say you're much more present that you don't I mean, I get it. I don't I don't remember what those experiences of believing in hell were like. I think maybe exactly. I've talked yeah. it about it a bunch of times, so I remember the story. But I don't know if I remember the experience as much. And hopefully that doesn't matter. Like I don't I don't know if we were necessarily meant to have a crystal clear recall. I mean like no. it seems like that that would detract from living in the present moment. I mean yeah, of course you could always live presently while you're, you know, watching those images, but like why not experience something new? Like I, I feel like maybe the purpose of uh having a memory is more um it like gets into your body and it and it informs the present moment better. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. Like we there's no reason for us to really go back and relive those experiences as if they're the first time. Right. But I mean again, it's always it's always nice to I guess I don't really care, but <laughs> like Sperry, she has a photo album. I don't know how often she looks at it, but I can see the value in just as, you know, a form of entertainment, maybe. Oh, yeah. Rem- but, rem- reminiscence fun. But I think maybe this is just how I choose to live my life. Like, the question isn't what should we be doing, but what do we want to be doing? So if you want to relive past experiences, if that's really what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. But... You know, just don't be deceived about how important they are. No, I think that's right. I think that's putting everything in its proper place. Right. And like, I, I wouldn't want to be dualistic and say, like, the future is bad or the past is bad. I would just want to say, we'll put it in its proper place. Like, I think there's something yeah. to reminiscing and there's something to looking at old photo albums and watching old home movies. I think that, like, looking mm-hmm. back, like, I, I love... Like on a rainy day or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah when there's nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing else to and do. And you don't have a yeah. podcast to record. Um, okay. um, but I, I, I think, you know, again, it has to be in its proper place. Like, I love going on social media and looking at pictures. Like, like Facebook, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, as you know. But yeah. one, of my, one of the things I think is cool is, like, when Facebook does this, like, um, here's something from six years ago, and it's a picture of my daughter or something, like, just learning how to dance or some shit like it's fucking cool like it's fun but don't think yeah. you have you don't have to live in the past and you don't have to worry about the future those those things are i mean there it's important to plan for the future i think that can be important again holding it loosely like I, my wife and i try to save money we don't know what for but just because like you don't know what the future holds mm-hmm. uh you might have medical bills you might want to go on a trip you might want to do some shit like that like if you're always if you're so, I mean, but you can still be present while doing that, holding it loosely. Yeah, I'd love to go on a trip, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, <clears throat> save the money, but don't be dead set on this has yeah. this has to be this is the expectation that it has to be all the time. Yeah, I mean, skillful living. <laughs> that, that's what yeah I would just call skillful living. Uh, yeah, for sure. But 
Yeah, it's just sad that it's sad that so many people they do it the other way around, man. They like they have a belief and this is the way it is. And then they they meet people that are different than them, that think different than them, that come at things from a different angle and they can't they can't listen to what they're saying. That's the problem I think is that like if I had the belief that all Buddhists went to hell, like I don't give a fuck what you're saying to me. I don't care how nice it sounds. I don't care how practical it is. Like I want to save your soul and proselytize because you're wrong. You're deceived. You know, Satan might have deceived you. You might be, you might be mm-hmm. infected with a demon or some shit. Yeah. Like it's just you miss out on like the 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 you know the nuggets of truth that you can get yeah. from people who have a different perspective. That's been my experience. And one but once you can open up and like I'm I'm an un, you're an unabashed universalist and so am I and mm-hmm. we might come at it from different angles. But once you aren't like afraid of people's soul, like you just listen yeah. to them. You just listen to their story, right? Just listen to their perspective. I can read Alan Watts and not be like, "Oh, he might go to hell." Oh my god. <laughs> I Oh, he's well, already dead, but I wish I could save him. I mean, never mind believing it, just having the book. Like, I had friends that were worried about me for just reading a book called, what was it, Awakening the Buddha Within? Oh, boy. I never I would, I never would have said I was a Buddhist at the time, but I enjoyed the book. And honestly, I, I didn't really have any pushbacks at the time. Yeah. But I wouldn't have called myself a Buddhist. But yeah, if you... Like imagine if someone saw that you had a Nietzsche book in your in your car when you're a Christian, and you could just be not an atheist, but you could just be like, oh, what's what was this guy talking about? People would be afraid. They'd be like, oh my god, Matt's going down a slippery slope. That's it, the slippery slippery slope. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what the heck is after reading a book? Jeez. Well, people need to realize that slippery slope's a logical fallacy. <laughs> But a lot of Christians don't care true, about logic. True. They don't care about philosophy, man. I've heard that. I think you've heard it too. Oh, I don't think too highly of, of philosophy or something. Like, I don't, uh, philosophy is whatever. It's like, is that your and philosophy? Funny how that's a philosophy right there. Right? <laughs> right? Isn't that? So is that your personal philosophy that you're holding to? It's just like, oh, man, can you not see the irony? I love irony. Irony is juicy, man. Best served cold, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you got some good irony, man, you, I think you got some... <laughs> some uh yeah you got some humor potentially hey could you could you pour me a little bit of that for sure i think it, i think it's time for a pour yeah i'm a little t- low too huh i'm a little low also yeah you gotta top yours off man so yeah i i'm glad i'm glad we we decided that direct experience is what we're gonna start with i think it's so I think most people, most people aren't living, dude. They're not living. They're not in the moment. They're not experiencing things directly. They're, you know, it's, it, we all do it. I'm not, I'm not shitting on other people. I, I put myself first, man. How often are you worrying about the future or reminiscing about the past? What did I miss out on? I get it though. I mean, fear, it's a trap. I mean, totally. yeah, there's like no judgment when we say this, I guess, like, I, I'm sure you'd say, like, there's no judgment. It's just all there's so you could live your life in such a better way, and it's more sane. You feel more sane. Totally. Um, no, I, I I agree. It's hard, but it's hard not to worry. It's hard not to play. I mean, 
I had this thing that I like play out scenarios in my head and I could be a pessimist and then yeah, same you sit, yeah, you just sit there and you like dwell on them. Even as a universalist, even, even, <laughs> even believing like in the end, all will be well. Like, I think, who was it? Madeline Langall. If it's not the end, it's, or if it's not all well, it's not yet the end. So, you know, that's a paraphrase of her quote. It's much more eloquent than that, but this, right, uh, right. still like it though. Yeah. yeah this Cooper's mark is, <laughs> it makes me less articulate. <laughs> Funny how that happens, but more free form, which is also good. Yeah. It, it is what it is, man. Yeah, for sure. But it's tra It's tragic. I wish more people would, would live and just not have the fear. I guess fear of God, fear of the unknown, fear of death, like all these things that people live with. We all live with them at some time, and it prevents us right. from experiencing. Them. I don't. I don't fear my ultimate uh, future. I think I can say that uh, quite honestly. I just. I just fear the pain. You know, until like, we get to that point. I mean, just bodily pain. I mean, like getting old and shit. Yeah, I fear dementia. Yeah. You know what Sperry's gonna have to do to take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> inevitably i think i think that's my that's my biggest fear is like 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 i'm not a, i'm not afraid to die i'm not afraid of like uh-oh i was wrong and this, <laughs> god's not cool like <laughs> he's pissed yeah and i fucked up yeah like i'm not afraid of that like i i'm more of like man i would i wouldn't want to die because of like what you leave behind like i would not want my family to go through that shit at all yeah like i'd like I don't want dementia, but if I'm like 80 and I get dementia and my 50 some odd year old daughter has to take care of me, that like, that sucks. But like she should be 50, like she can handle that shit. Like right. that's part of life. I mean, definitely a premature death would be no. even worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I would not want to leave a kid with without a dad or a wife. You know, as a single mom, that's what I'd be afraid of. I'm not, and I guess the pain. I guess the pain like before death. But that would suck. Well, that's just where you go into Buddhist mode, I guess. I guess. Just, just that's start tough. Though, meditating man. all the time. That's tough. <laughs> I don't meditate, man. I talk about it. I talk about the benefits of it, but I don't do it. Neither do I. You fucking. <laughs> but I don't. You're a terrible I don't, Buddhist, my friend. I've never. Well, I've only claimed to be a Buddhist a couple times. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's all a process, right? Right. It's not. For sure. It's just. Yeah, it's hard. Meditation's hard. It's hard to sit still. Maybe. I mean. I think it's hard pre-ritual. I think we have to ritualize it. Well, I think you have to go through a season of practice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> As with anything. I mean. Right, right. It's not just meditation. It's fucking anything. I mean, I don't think for most people you, you can't get around some sort of effort. I mean, up front. But you just, which is fine. You just have to know that effortlessness is the ultimate goal. Right. But everything belongs, as Richard Rohr would say. So it's like effortlessness is beautiful, but to get there, I think you need effort. So it's like a paradox. I'm convinced the truth of like most of the, everything in the world is a paradox. I wouldn't, I would say effort seems to be uh, what, what, what humans need, at least. I don't think effort is uh like a necessity we could but a necessity for what 
you could theoretically get to the place where you realize effortlessness is the goal, but it seems to, direct experience <laughs> going back to our topic. Go, <laughs> we don't have fucking topics. You're going to get, you're going to realize this if you're listening at home. Um, it seems like for most people's experiences, you have to put in the effort so that you can realize effort wasn't the point. Does that right. make sense? Like it's only good insofar as to make us realize we don't need it. But I'm going to say that that process isn't a logical necessity. Like this, that's just for some reason, that's how it's happened with humans. That's the process that we have to go through. Yeah. But I don't see any reason why an alien could. Oh, we're talking aliens now, huh? Right, right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Down the <laughs> rabbit trail, my friend. If, like, maybe it's down to their biology. And how their brains work, even though we know that consciousness isn't necessarily tied to the brain in that way. But however it comes about, they can just like open their spiritual eyes and realize that effort isn't needed. Maybe, maybe. But it seems like for humans, we have to we have to go through that process right. for whatever reason. I don't. Know. For whatever reason, yeah. like yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly the reason why. But I don't know exactly the reason why we go through a lot of this shit. No, mystery is always important. Right, right. Which is a part of the paradox. It's like, well, why do we? Why? Why can't we answer all the questions? Well, because mystery is important, and mystery belongs as well. Because everything, right. everything belongs. Maybe. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, you need both a home and you need an adventure. Also, you need the safe, the ultimate safety. You're ultimately safe from reality. Reality is ultimately safe. As crazy as the universe can be. Right. I mean, that takes a bunch of faith on this side of things right now. But Right. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> With as much shit as going on. Even, even the universe. Like, take humans out of the equation. Like, the universe is fucking violent, dude. A supernova? <laughs> are you fucking right. kidding me? Do you, I mean, like, do you understand the amount of, like, force that a super black hole has? Like, that shit would destroy you. Like, the universe seems fucking scary. Right. Well, I mean, we believe that rocks don't feel, so I don't know. <laughs> sure, I mean, <laughs> but if you're caught up in one of them motherfuckers, right? <laughs> it's a right. It's objectively violent for sure. Maybe I mean it's powerful. I mean it's it's like it's powerful. It's it's um I don't know. It depends. Uh, you know, maybe this is getting into Derrida. If you've read Jacques Derrida, like we need <laughs> no. what is violence? You know, we have to have like a unity of text, unity of meaning. What is violence? You know, what does that mean? So what does he say? Well, no, I I don't know if he asks, answers that question specifically, but that's his whole okay. like. That's where the the term deconstruction sort of came from, like or originally meant. Now it means like almost like, and and I use it like that. You probably use it like that, where it's like deconstruction means like I questioned Christianity and then I came out on the other side of, or I ca I, I became okay. an atheist, or then reconstruction is I became like Brian McLaren or Rob Bell. Like I, you know, you go through this one process that leads you to this place. Right. But I think originally it meant like more of like, it's more about linguistics and words and what do we mean? Well, when we're saying these things, what is, Oh, right. What does grace actually mean? Right. You know, yeah. when we say anything, what yeah. does it mean? Even like experience, what does that mean? Like, it's like, okay, well now we have to make sure. I mean, it's like almost like a defining of terms. What are we talking about when we say this thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that's okay. why it's, it's funny like when I say when I tell Christians that I believe in hell quote unquote hell 
but I'm a universalist. Like, like people can understand what that meant. Right. No, it's pretty obvious. I mean, words don't have any meaning of their own. They right. we impart meaning on them. Right. And of course, to varying degrees of uh, accuracy, uh, precision. So I mean, it just makes sense that. You know, within the margin of error, you know, we're going to be talking past one another at some point. Like, right. Because we all have our subjective subjective experience. Like, right. Like you and I could be, we're talking right now and we think we know what we're talking about to each other. Like, I, I feel like I've interpreted what you've said in the first part of this <laughs> episode. <laughs> like, like I, I'd be like, okay, Mike meant this and this and this, but it's not exact. No. Because I don't have your experience. And even though we've spent five years almost sitting around a, a, a fire and talking and getting to know each other and writing a book together and sharing our stories and sharing dinner and you and your wife coming over for dinner and us becoming friends. Yeah. And, but we still have that barrier that your subjective experience is different than my subjective experience. And so I'm always going to be in some way importing my presuppositions onto what you're saying and then running it through that grid and then deciphering what you mean. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not. I was just, I was just going to say and that that's probably how it's always going to be. <laughs> well, it, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I would like know. to think that, you know, our souls are infinitely deep and there's always an infinite amount of ways that it's going to be expressed. So, I mean, <clears throat> so that should be expected. Like, we're never going to always have, we're never going to be the same person. I mean, I guess that's what it boils down to. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Never. Never. And yeah. other uh, otherness is obviously, you know, a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. As long as we don't other the other person. Like, we have to listen with empathy. We listen with compassion. You know, we don't, we don't jump down right. someone's throat because they had a different experience than us. No, yeah. I mean, obviously not. Yeah. Well, it's obvious to obvious. you and me, but <laughs> it's not obvious this to everyone. It really should be pretty obvious. <laughs> it should be, man, but it's not. It's not, not. It's funny, like, not everyone thinks like this, man. Not everyone can. Not everybody's a hippie. Yeah, I guess I guess we're hippies, man. But even that, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it means you, you know, smoke pot. It means you smoke pot and you probably stink because you didn't <laughs> get it. Where you, you don't your hand sanitizer. You don't wear deodorant yeah. and you wear tie dye, and that's not what that necessarily means. But I guess it's all about. What that's do, how I choose to define it, right there. Yeah, I'm fine with being called a hippie, man. I'm good with that. I I don't care. It's all good. So, but it's all just labels. We we just. I mean, it's better than being a conservative. Oh sure. my god! <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're a conservative, that's fine, man. It's fine. If you're a liberal, it's fine too. Right. But I, I think mean, I think if your conservatism or your liberalness defines you, I think that's where your problem is. You're not giving yourself the. Um, if you if you're like attached to this label, let's say I am this, I am this, I think. Like you're limiting your own potentiality. You're limiting your own ability to grow. And that's the problem with labels right there. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. 
I mean, we all got to know what we're pointing at, but we got to right. remember it's just a pointer. Like it's just a pointer. Dualism's fine in certain contexts. Labels are fine in certain contexts. Like if you want to say you're a Christian, that's that's fine, but it points towards something. It's not your ultimate like right. just like Buddha, I think the Buddhists would say, I think a truly enlightened Buddhist would say who he really is transcends quote unquote Buddhism. No, I mean you're you're pointing at the same thing just from a slightly different angle. Right. Using slightly different language. You're both pointing at the same thing. Right. You might be both pointing at the moon, but you're uh I mean somebody's in New York and somebody's exactly, in China or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. And you have to realize that it's okay that that person's in China and you're in New York. Like it that's that's the funny thing about like the mystics, let's say, and that even that's a loaded word, <laughs> but the mystics of the faith, you know, if Magic, you go to, yeah. huh? Like I'm thinking somebody could think of it like a magician. <laughs> yeah, whatever. somebody who does like tarot yeah. cards. I mean, which yeah. is fine. Like you do tarot cards, fine, do it. I know a dude who does tarot cards. It's not like, I don't know anything about it, but it's fine. But like, yeah, what, what I am what I mean uh, when I say like mystics, like I'm thinking of like the roomies of, from the Islam, from the Muslim world. The Buddha, uh, you know, the Christ, the Francis of Assisi, the Richard Rohrs, even those type of people. Like when you when you get down to it, I think a lot of people are saying the same sort of thing about the ultimate reality. They just come at it from their tradition, but they would have space to realize that, like the Martin Luther Kings of the world, would be able to sit down with Gandhi and be like, "This is a holy dude." This fucking guy gets it. Yeah. And there would be no like, you need to become Hindu. No, you need to become Christian. <laughs> there would be none of that shit. No, there's there's uh the enlightened and the unenlightened in every uh in every uh, religion, for sure. Um And I feel like the people who say they're enlightened aren't really <laughs> like if you're like, I'm enlightened, you're like, I'm woke as fuck. No, but are I, you? Are you really sure? <laughs> but I mean, false modesty. I think I think it's okay to recognize when you got it. Yeah, as long as you're not saying it every five fucking seconds. Sure. No, but <laughs> or you, acting like it you every can five have seconds. you can have a sober ju- judgment of your own talents. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, for sure. I hate these people who are like I don't hate them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really hate them. I'm sorry. Ah, these fucking people. I don't. I don't like the false modesty, man. Oh, you guys killed it tonight. It was just the Lord speaking through me. It's like, no, you fucking killed it. Just accept it. Just accept it. Like, like I know. if you're a, a comedian, musician, and you fucking killed it, you killed it. That's cool. It's okay. It just, it comes out of the false niceness of Christianity, uh, fundamentalist. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, evangelicals, I would say, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our context, right? No, right. That's what we came from. So, yeah. That's, that's what we got to speak into. I mean, who's who is going to criticize evangelicals better than people that came out of it? Right. It's funny because these are like these are the people that like I broke bread with. Like I, you know, it's like sometimes I shit on evangelicals, and it's like, okay, I probably used to be worse than I was now. Like I used to be probably I might have been an asshole a couple times. <laughs> and I, and oh, I'm, I definitely I'm, was in my head. Yeah, I was in real life. <laughs> I, I didn't have the balls to do, to do that. So. <laughs> Just well, it's just down to personality. Yeah, all. maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. 
but believe me, I was thinking those things. A lot of people do, but that's the context you come from. But then you get to a place where you're like, I don't, I'm not shitting on, on evangelicals per se. I'm shitting on like the mentality, the mindset. I, I would say like, no, I mean, if you're evangelizing the actual good news, yeah, there you go. Well, in that, in that use of the word, but we're talking about a specific subculture, sure. get, you know. Sure, sorry. Yeah, yeah I evangelize <laughs> by the, like, right. you could, traditional I, definition of the word. You, you could technically call yourself a evangelical. But <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I mean, you don't, have, the, you don't have to. That's you the could. kind of shit Peter Enns does. He's like, the Bible has no contradictions. It's like, motherfucker. But then he's, like, brilliant about, like, well, this is what I mean. It's like, oh, yeah, you're fucking right. So, yeah, sure. I'm evangel- you can call me Matt the Evangelist. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I will. No, I fuck won't. you. <laughs> it, no, it's a badge of honor. There you go. Well, it's it's like I get it. Like if you think if you think you have like a good message, a good a good the good news. The uh, I never really felt like I had the good news, but go ahead. Well, no, I didn't either. And you know what? This is going to be. A, we're going to have to talk about this sometime in the future, but. I think the whole evangelicalism is set up for extroverts. And like, dude, I, I mean, I write, yeah. I've written four books and have a podcast and you've written a book with me and now we're doing this podcast and people might think, Oh, these guys just like to talk to people. It's like, <laughs> fuck no. no. Like in, in a social setting, like it took you and I four years to be like, let's do a podcast. No, I and mean, I think there's, there's a reason for that. Like it takes introverts a lot longer to be comfortable to talk, and, and evangelicalism seems just set up for people who are extroverts, and and it pays no mind to the introvert. This is a you know we can talk about this later, but or we can go down this rabbit trail. I don't give a fuck, right? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so you want to do it? You want to go for it? Well, I mean, just in the evangelical world, like I always like tried to measure up with people. And, and no, I think this fits with direct experience. Like my experience of being socially awkward or not being able to talk to people did not come into play. You had to evangelize. You had to go save souls. And I think that's part of why I like, I thought I was going to hell because I couldn't talk to people about uh, Jesus or yeah. the good news, yeah. quote unquote. And it, and it had nothing to do with like, yeah, I was embarrassed by some things. I, I was like, uh, this seems awful, but this is the truth, I guess. But I think most of it, when I step back and look is that, no, I was, I'm an introvert. I can't talk to people like, I can't talk to people no. on the streets. Yeah, no, it was both for sure for me. Um, it, it was mainly, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm introverted and I'm shy. I mean, shyness and introvertedness are not the same thing, but I have both. Sure. And uh, plus, I didn't really believe in the product that I was selling, so... I mean, if I truly, I don't know how much it would have changed if it, if I truly believed in what I was sharing with people. But it would still be more difficult as an introvert or as yeah. someone with social anxiety than it is for yeah, someone who, you know, who can just jump on, jump in, in a, in a room yeah. and they're like, this guy's here. Yeah. Like everyone knows this guy's here because he makes his presence known. He's like the alpha, alpha <laughs> male, like fucking guys here, motherfucker. Yeah. And not in the Christian yeah. world, but right. <laughs> that guy at the party who's like, holy shit, which is fine. I love that guy because that means the attention's on him and it's not on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I don't like having the attention on me. Right, for sure. I mean, in most circumstances, I would rather be in a group of three than a group of two. Except right now. Except for right now. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Well, and maybe I, one or two other people, I can say that. Yeah. yeah. But as introverts, two it, or take, three, sorry. it takes us like, even you and me, like, like we weren't like best of friends at first. No. Like, you had different personalities. And no, we did. And quite honestly, I was uncomfortable for around you for a while. I could be a lot. I could be a, I could be a lot to handle. I realize that now. Well, part of it, I feel like we're different, but we're also very much alike. And I feel like I've, you're kind of a mirror to my own personality in a way. But on the surface, I don't think you'd see that. No, I mean, when I first met you, I would have said that you were an uh, extrovert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a Kendrick Lamar line in one of his songs on uh, the album Damn. And it's something about being a, um, an antisocial extrovert. And I think that's how I present. <laughs> yeah. Because I do present as an extrovert. <clears throat> like, I'm opinionated. I got no problem, right? You know, I got no problem going on YouTube right now and making a video. I got no problem being at um, at a live show for the Heretic Happy Hour. Right. But at the same time, like, if I could, like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to talk to people afterwards or before. It's that I'm socially awkward and I'm an introvert and it's exhausting. Like, that's what, that, that's, I think, the common misconception about an introvert is that you're shy. And you could be both. You could be a shy introvert. But I think it's more about where you get your energy from. So if you're no, an, that's the definition. Yeah. Right, that's that's the working definition. Like if yeah. you're an introvert, you get your uh, energy from being alone. And if you're an extrovert, you get your energy from being around people. Yeah. And I think for me, like it's, it's not that I can't be social. I do have social anxiety. It's that in like 45 minutes, I'm fucking exhausted. And it's... Yeah. And then I don't have the energy to put up the brave face any longer so it, and i totally that totally rings a bell yeah <clears throat> i think i i've learned that i can do my max is four hours a day of social time that's a long that that's pretty good it's decent and it might be <laughs> it might be a little less it might be three and a half hours but i mean i guess it's all it's what's it's what you're shooting for now and this is where it, it depends on who I'm hanging around with. Like, I could hang out probably with you all day because we understand how I understand how you work. You understand how I work. Like, we understand that, okay, we've been together for four hours and now we won't ex- expect much conversation from one another. And that's totally fine. That's, that's like, a big thing. A lot of people are uncomfortable. Like, if you and I drove from, you know, 15 minutes from where you live in paradise or live because of the fucking campfire, fuck that bullshit. <laughs> but um, if we drove there to my house in Chico, like 15, 20 minutes away, and we didn't talk, we'd be, we'd be cool with that. Most people are not cool with that. No. <laughs> that's really uncomfortable for people. They got to make small talk. Yeah, just uh, it's a faith in the relationship they <laughs> Yeah, that takes time. And it's nice. It's nice feeling like you don't always have to perform. And I guess maybe that's the introvert's dilemma is for me, feeling like I have to perform in a way all the time. Like, What if you flipped it, though? 
What if you made, <laughs> what if you made extroverts perform in an introvert space? <laughs> what if you made them be quiet and like, hey, bro, we're going to meditate for 10 minutes in silence. <laughs> we're going to put on some fucking like some singing bowls and we're gonna uh, that would be fucking hard for people. Not that that I'm really? not saying that's the introvert. I'm not saying you have to be like an introvert to meditate, but the silence, like, I think it'd be hard for most people to sit in silence. So I've heard, yeah. No, um, well, just look at your experiences. Going back to experiences, I always bring it. Back. I'm a professional man. I always bring it back. <laughs> like, get an Uber driver right. and sit in silence in the front seat. See how that shit goes. Like this motherfucker will be talking to you. Anytime I've been in Uber, unless the person is like English as a second language, which you go to like San Francisco, you're going to get a lot of that. And that's yeah. just, yeah, that's just the way it is. And I'm cool with that. But when I was, I was in Nashville and I got an Uber driver, this motherfucker talked about, he talked politics. He talked, he, he talked Trump <laughs> and he was talking the whole fucking time. And it was like a 30 minute drive to downtown Nashville. And he yeah. was funny and he was entertaining, but at the same time, it was like, this dude had to talk. And people just, we didn't know each other. I never met this dude in my life. And and probably won't ever see him again. He was just like, And I don't know if that's because, that's just one story, but I don't know if that's because most people just got to fill that space. They got to fill that uh, that void. And, I mean, perhaps I would have to say I have to not fill that space. Maybe. but we're in a minority at least here yeah. in, the, in the states don't you think right yeah because I, I believe i read a book or an article <laughs> i believe i did that <laughs> no i'm pretty this isn't me i definitely read it somewhere but uh it, it takes that adventurous spirit to you know travel west you know and with the adventurous spirit comes the extrovert they're kind of one and the same thing i guess at least that's how the author was putting it. So the people who stayed around in Asia or whatnot, that's that's why why they're not as talkative. They're more reserved. They don't oh, okay. go for adventures so much. I wonder if that's that whole like like manifest destiny. Go west. Like, Maybe. The people who went west were like fucking just Whether that's historically accurate or not, it makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah, well yeah, don't don't quote us, motherfuckers. Right. right. No. <laughs> we're just shooting the shit, you know. I mean but it makes sense. Like it certainly seems that here in the States, extroverts are the majority and introverts are the minority. And, and it's under, and it's under, it's misunderstood what introverts are. Right. You know, it's like, oh. No, I, most people would say that, in, uh, introverts are shy. Yeah. Or, or even standoffish. So. Even like, yeah, you like got an like, attitude. Yeah. And it's like, no, like, um, I got a, I think for the most part, I got a great attitude. I'll, I'll be a good friend. I think so for the most part. I'll but, try to be the loyalist friend I can. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. I'll help you out in, in yeah. your knees. Like, I'll do some shit for you. Like, that's how I, you know, I, I take honor in that. All right. Like, I value that. Like, I think that's what true friendship is. But if you just met me, like, you would think, like, this dude's a prick. And it's like, that's what it can come across as. I get that. But at the same time, like in my experience, like your experience is that my experience is that I'm so awkward right now and it's entirely about me <laughs> and I'm not trying to be selfish. I'm just fucking like uncomfortable and it's not about you. It's I'm uncomfortable. 
No, I you think... are comfortable with me, and now what we're doing a podcast together, we're writing books together, and like we're the best of friends. But it could still be uncomfortable when you first. It takes a while, I think. I think I for think... the most part, a lot of introvert. It takes a while to really warm up. I think that's what I meant by when you were kind of like a mirror to my own personality. Like I felt like I never, I never thought that you were a prick at all. Well, thank you. Ever in our friendship. <laughs> I just, it comes off it, in a positive way. It comes off as a strong personality in a way. Like you never, you never say something just to say something. Just to. But I try not to. Yeah. And I think that's good. And I think everybody should do that. Like, But the things I do say can be pretty aggressive, which I think is assumed as like you're an alpha male you're an extrovert or you're this and that. Right. I don't, I mean that, I don't know. It seems like people who are assertive are said to be alpha males. I would never call myself an alpha male. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely like, right. Okay. But there's certain contexts I think where we can be who we truly feel like we are. It's, it's weird. Like, um, we were talking about this, I think even before we started recording, like a lot of comedians or actresses or singers are who they really are on stage but in the real world like they're they're super shy they're super uncomfortable and i've heard comedians talk about this like they'll go kill it on stage and just fucking like they'll even engage with the audience and <clears throat> that's who they can really be yeah. but then after the show people go talk to them and it's like get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here man like i can't i heard it's not about you it's like me like i can't deal with this i heard dave Chappelle was like that I don't, I don't see that, but you don't see it on stage yeah. at all. You're just like this dude can fucking just own an entire room, but only in a certain context. Yeah, he might be able to go kill it at a party or something, but a lot. I'm, but maybe not. I, I mean, he wouldn't kill it like, like he would on stage. The the point is, is that those two apparently disparate personalities actually go together. I mean, it actually makes sense why you could be socially awkward. And, you know, kill it on the stage. Because well, I, I, I mean, just I, I guess that's just how my process works. Like, you know, I'm able to do that in my own at work. I mean, I don't have uh, I don't have to think a whole lot mm-hmm. <laughs> at work. So, I mean, and I, I mean, I guess I do this on my own anyways. But I, I like I like turning ideas over in my head. I don't. Unless I like being around the person, I just like being in my own head, like perfecting how I would uh, storm out when I get fired or something like that, that sort of <laughs> speech. Like I think about those sorts of things or, yeah, like whenever, when we wrote our, when we wrote our book, like when I was at work, um, I could probably recite everything I said by heart. Maybe not now, but I could have because <laughs> I was just thinking about it so much. I mean, I was perfecting it in that way. I was, uh, you know, uh, you know, creating the statue or whatever. Anyway, there, there's not a whole lot of improv. Um, and then you get in a certain context and you can deliver a good show or a good um, conversation. Right. I mean. But in the moment of small talk, it's a whole different story. That's my experience. It's because I don't know what to expect, I guess. Right. I mean, part of it is definitely... Uh, sensory overload like i care too much about what people are thinking 
Um, and when there's too many people, there's too many people who are you. Too care many about. people to have to cater to. Like yeah, yeah. Too many people not to piss off. And <laughs> right, right. But in the right con, in the right context, I think that's where like artists or people who any any kind of content creation, like you get, you gotta you gotta find your right context. You gotta base that on like understanding there's there's like no shame in being an introvert or there's no shame in in being socially awkward just accept that and find your context like you don't have to be the center of attention at a party and in our culture you you, you we get pigeonholed in that right you got to be if you're with a group of people you got to be on point you got to be entertaining yeah you got to be social you got to present yourself well I think it's more about finding your own, basing, like, using your experiences and finding your own niche. Like, this podcast, I couldn't have, like, we've been recording, I think, over an hour. I could never have this conversation at the bar with some dude I met or some chick I met or even most of my friends. But in this certain context, like, I could definitely have this conversation and feel comfortable having it. And I think that's what that's what we got to do as a um, as a culture, as a society is give room for people to be who they are. Like you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. We both might have some social anxiety. It might be exhausting to talk to some people. Small talk is not something we do. And that's OK. Like, yeah. <laughs> and no, it's OK it, if you're an introvert, too. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go be the life of the party? Fuck it. Like, go fucking ball out. You know, do it's just. Do what you got to do. No, we just all, as a society, have to realize, you know, what hardware everybody is dealing with and have the appropriate sympathy. Like, And if you're not the majority, like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, you're good. Just because most people are a certain way and you're like, man, I don't fit in. Like, I don't, like, I can do a podcast, I can write books, but if, you, if you're like, hey, Matt, come to the bar, there's going to be, like, seven people there. And we're all going to hang out. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> no, I mean, you Shit. can go ahead and invite us, but just re- realize we may, we may not uh, be chomping at the bit. Like, and it might get, it might get awkward and that's okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> There's always room for growth. Like I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be better about it, but no, I mean, the goal is to never be awkward in the interim. <laughs> you have to maybe just be okay with being awkward. <laughs> That's a tough spot to be in, man. Just accept your awkwardness. Like that's, I don't know. But there's there's something to the there's something to the statement like, I don't give a fuck. Like what you <laughs> like? I'm not gonna be a dick. No, I'm not gonna be an asshole. But I don't give a fuck. Totally. What you think. No, have that. Have both that, and then on top of that, realize that most people people aren't thinking about you as much as you think that they are. Definitely. I think <laughs> that's funny you say that. I think we think people are thinking about us all the fucking time. Like, and I think that goes back to some, maybe some some of our like narcissism. Like, <laughs> no, that's part of the reason why the ego is bad. Why we have to get rid of it. People are not thinking about you as much as you think they are. They're not. Sorry, mom. I mean, <laughs> as much as I love you, I've thought about you for maybe thirty seconds today. And you should honestly be honored by that. But that, 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 that's, that's, <laughs> we've talked about this. We, we've, we said it like 
Like, if you think, I mean, you're going to think about your spouse, or you're going to think about your kid, you're going to think about your, like, very, very, very closest her friends. But even then, like, like, I, I'm pretty sure, well, we just started recording this podcast, so I'm thinking professionally, but on a normal day, like, I might think about you for a couple minutes during the day, if you added it all up. Right? Oh. And when you think about it, that's that seems like... That's a lot. Because we, we just have our fucking routines, man. How much time do we spend doing the dishes or right. taking the dog on the walk or picking up a shit in the, in the, <laughs> in the fucking yard? Like taking our kid to school, making sure she is eating healthy, like packing a lunch, like no, all that a shit lot adds do. up. There's a yeah. lot to fucking do. Yeah. And we just think like, Oh, this guy's, this guy talked shit about me once and he's probably thinking about me all day. No, he's not. He talked shit and then he moved on <laughs> and you're letting it ruin your whole fucking day. It's only hurting you. Yep. No, that's that's the reason why you forgive because it's only hurting you. I think I think we I think that's right, man. We we forgive for us first. I don't think we right. forgive for the benefit of someone else. Like I, they don't it, care. <laughs> no, I I I had to forgive my dad for not being there as a dad, and I'm fairly certain that he would not know that I forgave him because he doesn't talk to me. But I had to forgive him for my own benefit so I, I didn't resent him for not being there or for being a shit dad and yeah. be like, I'm not going to be that dad. If nothing else, you had to do it to your own health. Like, how that affects your body. Fuck yes. Yeah. And you, if we're holding this resentment or stress, <clears throat> we're only harming ourselves. And when we don't forgive, I think we're holding on to that shit. And at the end of the day, like, it should not, in one way, it should not be on the victim of something to change in order for things to be right. But you gotta, you, but, but, but when you're the victim of something, you realize that's the only shit that affects your experiences. Like if I still held on to the shit my dad did for not being there, for saying he would disown me for this and this and this, for like blaming me for, for his uh, not giving a shit, apathy, <laughs> is that the yeah. word? I would yeah. still be harming my own body. I would still be harming my own mm -hmm. psychology, my own spirituality. And so it's like, well, I forgive him. More of a, It's more of a pity thing like that. Like, he must have dealt with some shit to be a nah. fucking yeah. like, horrible dad. Because as a father, like, I could never... <laughs> Like, if my wife left me tomorrow, I'd be like, okay, let's be adults. I still got to see my daughter. Like, I got to be a dad. Like, you don't get right. to take that from me, whatever. Like, we didn't work out. Okay, let's move on. Not my wife and I are good, but I'm just saying, like, theoretically. <laughs> like, when it comes to your kid, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get how a dad could be like, fuck off. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. But no, I mean so, so it must be some bullshit that happened to him to get him to that and so it's yeah. more like instead of resentment or blaming it's more like man i pity you like that sucks whatever you had to deal with to no. get you to this place that must have fucking sucked there is such a thing as a victim of circumstance i mean we, totally. could, go, we could go totally polit political here right now but <laughs> <laughs> why not yeah i would like to assume that all things being equal everybody would turn out exactly the same um, I mean, not exactly the same, of course, but uh, pointing toward the same thing, pointing towards the same thing, not being assholes, uh, 
being gracious, being loving, yada, 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 you know, the traditional Christian virtues <laughs> or Buddhist <laughs> virtues. Or I think that's it. And we'll have to talk about like free will and what that means. But I think that I think there's truth in that. Like, I think the way we're meant to be is pointing towards the good or the love or the gracious or the merciful. And if you're not pointing towards that, like it doesn't like discredit the harm you might be doing, but it puts it in context. Like you probably got fucked up. Like abusers were probably abused. Like working in group homes. Like I saw that shit. Like I read files of kids who were abusive. They were abused. Like that's just the reality. We got to put that shit in this context. Like, these people's experiences were way different than ours. If we didn't get sexually abused or physically abused, like in someone who did, our experiences are so different. It doesn't it doesn't give credence to them abusing someone, but it at least understands like these people got fucked up. And they went and fucked up other people. It's just a different experience. Right. I mean that's yeah. I mean, nobody is really able to boast. I mean if if you've done something good, it's because you've been given the right equipment to do it. Are you given the po- you you've gravitated towards the right role model, right? Like all of us I have mean, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, uh, equipment in the most you know general terms, like how you were brought up, what your physiology is like. I mean, I'm sure it all sure. it all plays into it. Yeah, that all affects it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't change course. That's the cool thing. Is like no, I mean it's been shown that. You can actually change your own DNA or, I mean, what you do in this life, it gets passed on to yep. your offspring. I mean, yep. the effort that you put in, yep. I mean, not necessarily burning calories, but what you did in this life. Right. Um, if you're a philosopher, it just so happens your your son is more likely to be a philosopher. I mean, that's how it worked out with me and my dad, I would yep. say. Um, and it's, I think it's been... I think it's been shown like if you if you are uh, sexually or physically abused when you're a kid, like it it fundamentally changes your DNA. Yeah. So it makes sense that on the flip side, like like if you've been abused or you've been traumatized, you could you could end the cycle. And then for your later generations, you could flip that whole fucking script. And that's how you can make your life count. I mean, sure. In the most tangible of ways. I would say. Yeah. In, in the tangible ways. Yeah. Not the theoretical sort of ways. <laughs> like, oh, no, I, I mean, direct, I s- direct experience. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. So, oh, I think that's a good time to stop, man. I got to, I got to take a leak and we've been rolling for like almost an hour, 20 minutes. I think that's good. An hour and 20. Wow. That's good. No. So, yeah. Gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for this conversation. It was good. That was fantastic. I wasn't, it's always, it's always, um, the unknown is always interesting. Like we've been talking for almost five years and it's like, how is talking in front of a microphone going to be different? (laughs) Is it going to fundamentally change the relationship? It, we would sit there like, you know, like most dudes do like sit parallel chair to chair and oh, looking and, at the bonfire right. yeah, yeah, yeah looking at the fire pit and then looking out over god damn it like you're 
the 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 garden we had and the vineyard we just planted yeah. and the uh, the orchard we had and the campfire just fucking just said fuck you it's all gone <laughs> we used to sit there and just stare at this shit yeah. and we were like this is like the shire this is amazing and now we're staring sitting at you know it's just different it's a different all of our experiences are so unique like talking five years and now we're talking to each other face to face it's just a different experience it's different yeah you could change the subtlest of things and it makes it a different dynamic that's just how unique our experiences are it's a funny thing i don't know yeah no it's something to pay attention to it's like we could do the same shit for like five years and if you change it a little bit you have a different experience and we need to be aware of that. We need to be present in the moment and just be like, this is an experience. It's different. Not to be all Buddhist, but... <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> Sorry, you gotta be Buddhist. You, you can't be choosy. You have to take both the good and the bad. You have to be open to every experience. You can't, you can't prejudge any experience for sure. I had a pretty good idea this experience would be great, and it just so happened it turned out to be that way. But it was different than I thought. Different. Different. And I don't, I don't mind looking at you in the eye all the time. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> well, thank you. God bless you. Some people say I'm handsome. I don't know. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I get but that. I, I don't think I, like, we're, we are worse critics. Like, I get awkward looking at my own self. Just like I get awkward looking at my own, or listening to my own voice. Right, I haven't listened to my live show yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. You're going to be listening back and yeah. be like, yeah, I don't know about this. Know. You see yourself in the mirror and you're like, yeah. people say I'm handsome and I'm like, I don't see it. it it's going to take a couple months for me to be able to do that. Yeah, you just get used to it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So anyway, dude, fucking had a blast for episode one. Yeah, no, this is going to be great. Yeah, I... I'm looking forward to it. And I hope all y'all motherfuckers listening at home enjoyed it and look forward to the next episode. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but... But uh, tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> because as much as we do this for ourselves, and we do, we've proven that. Like, I think 2014 was the first time we started sitting around a bonfire. Yeah, it sounds about right. Or, you know, and it's like, it's 2019... And we're just now being like, hey, let's record this shit. So it. <laughs> and this is generally how we would uh, go about things, yeah? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. we are doing a pod podcast, but. Yeah. yeah. And we hope people listen, but at the same time, it's like we'd have done this shit if people weren't listening, but. No, we're always going to be talking. Yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully you all enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, please listen to the next episode if you enjoyed it. We will definitely be excited about doing a next episode because this was a fucking blast. And uh, yeah, see y'all out there. Peace and love. Be nice to each other. Yes, absolutely. See you guys. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Just be kind. <laughs>